Hey everybody, my name is Iris Ichishta. I'm here on From the Blockchain. I'm an LA native and a co-founder and CEO of a startup in stealth mode, which hopefully you'll hear a little bit about. NFTs are redefining the cryptocurrency landscape and taking the world by storm. This is Ashley Smith from Fame Lady Squad, and I want to welcome you to From the Blockchain. As leaders of an all-female avatar NFT project, we want to share our insight and industry knowledge with you. We want to empower more women to participate and dominate in the NFT space. So whether you're an early adopter or just a curious learner, we hope you join us to explore the exciting world of NFTs. Welcome back to another episode of From the Blockchain. The NFT space is really taking form and we are so excited for IRL events and meetups to meet each of you and learn from all of you. I'm Bored Becky, also Ashley IRL. And speaking of which, I'm here at VCon right now recording my intro. So excuse the minor changes in my sound. We have another fun and engaging conversation to share with you from our event in LA called Women.NFT. In case you haven't heard our other commentary on the event, Fame Lady Squad sponsored the Women.NFT event where NFT Ignition and I were able to serve as hosts for conversations with some top-notch digital artists, business-savvy pros, and branding gurus. Next up, you'll hear from Iris Echista, previously from Mattel, the household children's toy company, and now working on some exciting new ventures. Working in the toy industry, Iris is all about making kid-friendly spaces. And what's needed to make NFTs kid-friendly? Check out what she has to say about NFTs for kids. Here I am, NFT Ignition, Ashley Smith, also known as Board Becky. And we have a lovely host today named Iris. Iris, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your project? Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So I am a business owner. I'm the co-founder and CEO of a startup that is still in stealth mode. But we can talk a little bit about it today. We're going to be um, working in a unique white space and opportunity in the NFT industries, in, in NFT industries specifically for kids and families. And we talked a little bit about this and your educational background. Yeah. You know, education will be a big part of it. Amassing kids' first digital portfolios of NFTs, big part of it. Brand partnerships. We can get all, get all into it. But um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually a producer, um, a film and television producer by trade. Um, I started in entertainment, worked in, for, for a number of years. Uh, most recently, I was a producer at Mattel, the toy company, Barbie, Hot Wheels. I was brought in to produced two um, Netflix original animated series for the Ever After High brand. And then that quickly transitioned into launching the first live action um, channels on YouTube for the Hot Wheels and then eventually the other brands, Barbie brands and the girls brands and boys brands at, uh, at Mattel. And then um, so building those channels up to the prominence that they have today, number one toy and brand channels on YouTube. Um, and then I, I um, was there for six years and then la at the end of last year came in and co-founded this startup which um, has been a completely different ride. I mean, I've, I've listened to your podcast, which I love, by the way. Okay. And, um, and I understand that, you know, it, it's, there's so many people who are new to the industry and who are making uh, new inroads and, and introducing new aspects, you know, given because of their backgrounds, whether it's humanitarian causes or, or law or, you know, art and jewelry. I've, you know, I've heard it all. Like everyone is bringing that kind of expertise. And my background is in content and specifically content that's created for kids and families. Cool. So can you give us just an overview um, of what that 
is like how do you see that playing out? And I, I think I'm I'm so interested to see how we expand the demographics that are currently involved in NFTs because I'm you know right now. We're mostly looking at adults uh, and actually a slightly older demographic than I would have assumed initially. And I think it's really because it costs money is, you know, cost entry, et cetera. Um, but would love to know a little bit more if you can describe what you're working on and then um, talk a little bit about why bringing in the younger generation. Oh, man, I'm taking a, a, a cue from the from the blockchain playbook <laughs> and preparing kids to participate in the mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. and to eventually dominate the space. Mm-hmm. Right. This is an, is an industry that rewards early adopters. And I don't want to see our kids left behind. Right. This is the opportunity for them to begin amassing their digital first digital portfolios of collectibles and to begin un, getting gaining the skills by interacting with our application that are going to be necessary necessary for navigating Web3 and the metaverse as it evolves, mm-hmm. right? These, it's important for them to both build that collection and gain these skills and then begin putting those NFTs and those skills to use on our KidSafe marketplace. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a, such a good point. Like, obviously, I think a key thing with a lot of this is even for the most sophisticated people, safety, security, and all of that. And I think that what's going to bring wider adoption, obviously, is going to be an environment where people feel more comfortable. Right. Um, so when you do say that a kid-friendly space, what, do, what does that mean? I'm assuming that generally kids are likely going to have their parents kind of helping, assisting them. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you can can get for our audience listening, if this is a whole new idea to them, like what should they be envisioning that you're working on? Yeah, it's definitely a co-viewing opportunity for kids and parents. Mm -hmm. Parents or grownups, as we call them, will definitely be integral to the entire process. They'll be the account creators, the account holders within our application, but they have the ability to create unlimited kid user profiles. And those are the profiles that any user will be using to interact with our platform. Mm -hmm. And so we see that enabling grownups to have total visibility and ultimately control of their kid user activity ensures that they're going to be in, engaging in our platform in a way that's that makes sense for them and for their family, mm-hmm. but also in a way that the kid user has a seemingly free experience where they can transact at will, they can make they can make important decisions on their own, up to and within parameters that a growing up will set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess like as I'm hearing you talk about this, I'm kind of going back to like old school days where kids might have had other things that could have been considered trading, you know, for lack of a better word, assets. They might have had sports cards. They might have had Pokemon cards. cards. (laughs) They might have um, had stickers. Like, for goodness sake, it could have been anything. Or or you could go the extreme with the kids who had the toys still like in mid condition in the packages and maybe their dad was like super into that or something (laughs) like that and protective of like how to handle those things. Um, So as you're talking about it, I think we're just seeing the evolution of like culture really and the thing that's interesting about the blockchain I think is you can have things that don't necessarily they're not at risk to be destroyed by accident while moving (laughs) yeah absolutely we've all had that happen right boxes of old memories or floods 
Yeah. Like things that yeah. things happen. And I guess kids, uh, slightly older kids with games, they, they have some autonomy, I'm assuming. I don't have teenage kids, but, um, you know, if I, I'm just, what I'm hearing from the parents in the Web3 <laughs> environment is they all are referring to these gaming environments where they're buying or trading or using different assets. So, Absolutely. I'm just loving the perspective you're bringing because it's very different. I'm thinking about our audience. Like, what types of, is it collectibles? Are they, what types of things should we expect to see uh, in this type of ecosystem? Yeah. So, we want to bring NFTs to kids and families through the brands and the characters that they know and love. Mm -hmm. So, our brand partnerships are a huge part of our, of our business and of all of the um, various drops and activations that we're going to have available when we launch. So it's it's primarily a branded experience where they can enga they can engage with their brands in really sticky, engaging ways. Not only can they own a piece of it now, but they can also further engage with gamified activations and learn to earn curricula that we have. You know, just you know, think of your favorite character, and if they have a, an entire video series with companion activities and maybe quizzes, you know, that's your opportunity to um, engage with a character that you love, that you trust, and to learn this really important skill through through that experience. So it's a it's a branded NFT experience. And then later down the roadmap, we can work in creator tools where kids can also begin creating their own art and NFTs. Okay, so that opened up two things. And I'm gonna, <laughs> this is why I have this blank sheet of paper in front of me. So um, <laughs> I, I think I just want to stick quick first to the brands. Like, I would love to know your perspective on what brands are thinking about as maybe you're having conversations with them. Um, what kind of questions do they have? What kind of excitement or hesitation do they have? I do know, we know that like Barbie, as an example, has entered Web3 to some extent with their partnership with Boss Beauties. Um, so maybe you can bring some of that to light for us. Yeah, I mean, we're super excited by brand response that brands have that brands are being proactive about, about exploring and researching this space. Obviously, they want to be protective of their of their brands, their legacy brands and their end user. But overall, there's a real curiosity, curiosity and eagerness around entering this space, right? They just want to do it strategically and with assurances that their end user will be safe and protected. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, it's 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 an exciting new opportunity for them that they know they need to be a part of to continue to stay relevant with their their target and user who is a digital who are digitally native who are as you were saying already engaging in these kinds of transactions and gamified experiences and now this is their opportunity to enter into the metaverse with future flexible assets that you know can be can be taken with a kid user throughout you know that 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 experience we really have that focus on having future flexible interoperable you know, tech and assets that kids can take with them. I love to see my little girls. I have a three and a six-year-old, and uh, to 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 see them build this first portfolio, and then these be the NFTs that they give to their kids someday. Mm -hmm. Right? These are the first ones Hand that they down ever have. Yeah. NFTs. <laughs> I mean, just thinking yes. ahead, right? <laughs> Heirloom NFTs. Like we're this. Yes, we're gonna see all of this in the future. Um, what kind of content can we really expect for these kids to be picking up and learning from the platform? Sure, yeah, I think that's a great question. We have an incredible 
financial kid financial literacy advisor um, on our team who basically invented the industry. Uh, you know, has written a dozen books and has appeared on Oprah a dozen times when Oprah was a thing, and understands the not only the the current. Um, digital currency space, the cryptocurrency space, but also traditional currency space. And so she's she's bringing so much insight and so much experience into building out our learn to earn curricula, where they can learn the basics of financial literacy, spend responsibly, save, share, right? And how we imbue that not only into our learn to earn curricula, but also the activations itself. You know, we have the opportunity to uh, to create NFT drops where, you know, maybe you you buy one and you receive an extra one that you are compelled to give, whether it's to share with a friend or to a charitable organization. We're, we're instilling that good, healthy financial habit right from the top and, and getting kids to build and flex those muscles. I love that learn to earn. I know, I know. I, I feel like it was, <laughs> for those listening, we have now talked a bit about play to earn, but learn to earn just sounds so wonderful and it's such a neat thing. I, I just remember as like a 90s kid playing on like really basic computer games, but I love, and to learn, they were educational things and I just thought it was so fun. So this takes it next level because it incentivizes kids. Um, that's very, very cool. I want to get back, you mentioned about kids creating their own assets or whatever on the blockchain and so I want to know a little bit more about that. One thing I have heard kind of along the way are just ideas about, you know, even parents minting like their kids first, like art and just a way to keep it. And right, like, and, you know, and that might simply be personal versus like for any other reason. But if your kid turns out to be Picasso, that might be pretty interesting <laughs> one day. Or same thing about your kids first, like sports team like oh, yeah. photos like if they end up being like LeBron James or Wayne Gretzky like those those might be important sports cards one day. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to throw that in because I think that's fun. But I'd love for you to talk about the creation side for kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my, uh, my six-year-old daughter just performed in a school talent show today. And I have video of her singing her first, like, her doing her, basically her first live performance. Aww. And I'm like, I want to immortalize this. Absolutely. And of course, like you were saying, these are the moments that are personal to me as a mom, right? That I love and I cherish and I want to just like hold and capture and keep forever. Um, but I think that that, that, that sentiment value and that personal value is is universal right and it, it, whether uh, a create our kid creator tools are intended for kids to create you know drops for listing and public sale or to gift to their family or their friends or the people that they care about in their life I think that there's really just you know there's just obvious utility there like um, and so then that's still something a little bit further down, like I mentioned on the on the roadmap. But it's a it's a, just a natural progression to what it is that we're building, right? Mm -hmm. First, we create we create the ecosystem. We bring in the brands. It's a huge validation for what we're trying to do, and it helps parents understand what we're trying to do. And then we kind of we layer in these additional tools where kids can start creating and and maybe even start building off of um, and on top of the NFTs that they that they've collected. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people are wondering, and I'm sure, um, you know, this could be something that might evolve over time, but can you talk a little bit just about, like, 
the payment method? Because I know so many people right now are thinking about NFTs and they're mostly thinking about crypto. Um, are we thinking crypto? Or are we thinking alternative ways of people being able to adopt this? Yeah, I mean, we definitely want to, for, for an app that is for the crypto curious, we need to first lower those barriers to entry to really get them into into it. So we're making that path as easy, you know, the, we're lowering the, the the barriers and we're making the path as easy as possible. And maybe at launch, we can talk a little bit more about how we're approaching <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, I, I don't know that that's the most proprietary part of the business, but it's an important aspect of how we're how we're trying to, um, you know, make it very easy and palatable to enter into an otherwise kind of risky and volatile space. Mm-hmm. So I guess now as you're building this out, what are you the most excited about? What are you thinking about for the next, say, 12 months? I, I mean, we're, I, we are poised and ready for a successful launch. Mm-hmm. And I just can't wait to see this in the hands, see our application in the hands, on the tablets and in the hands of, of, of our target do end a, user. Do you have a general sense of the launch time? Yeah, we mm-hmm. want to be um, live and in, in and in in the public Q3 of this year, mm-hmm. primed and ready for you know what's what's otherwise a very popular and exciting season for kids and families with yeah. back to school and the winter holidays, mm-hmm. um, or the fall and winter holidays. So we want to be really primed and ready for that time. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be such such a um, an amazing experience to see this thing that was just an idea. Six months ago, you know, um, come to fruition and be in, in the hands of, of real users. Um, but of course, I, I that will be the culmination of that would be to see my my little girls using it, mm-hmm. right? Especially my six year old who is already a total gamer and you know constantly asking me for apps and asking me to get involved in this, that, or the other online. Mm-hmm. And so to see see to see that in her hands would be. Insane. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to know because I know we have a few minutes still. Um, f- you, you come from a more traditional, like corporate, like professional background than maybe some others in the space. And so you bring a new, like you bring a layer of expertise, you bring probably a network, you have um, folks you can lean on. But I'm just wondering just for our audience, if they're thinking about starting to explore this environment from a professional capacity, how, how have you found just starting and and like building you know in a startup capacity like building out a team finding people you trust that have the skill set that can add to the things that maybe you you need to lean on them for sure i mean mm-hmm. as a with a producer background this feels very comfortable to me <laughs> yeah. right this yeah. is i'm experienced with um with uh, taking the creative and translating that into something actionable, building the team around it, um, uh, delivering it, finishing it. You know, I, as, as a producer, it felt very comfortable to me. But as a startup and as a startup CEO and as someone who's, who's really hands-on with the tech, you know, this is, this is, the skills are transferable, but there's definitely a learning curve, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I sometimes I don't recognize myself from you know the from six months ago where I'm 
kind of, I'm I'm really working on on all fronts. We're we're raising capital. We're engaging with brand partners. We're building the tech, mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it's 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 a lot, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when you assemble the right team around you, the right support around you, you can lean on those team members' expertise. I am so fortunate that I have an incredible uh, an incredible chairman. His name is James Reynolds, and he's a serial entrepreneur who comes from his own tech startup and his own successful tech startup. And, you know, and this was actually his brainchild. And he's entrusted this um, to me in so many ways so that I was able to really bring it, bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, I lean on his expertise, the expertise of my board, the advisors that I've assembled around me. It's, 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 it's really necessary because it could become very overwhelming, very fast, even for, uh, you know, a, a producer like me that's used to managing lots of moving parts. Mm-hmm. And I think it also helped too, because prior to my time at Mattel, I was at a startup that was acquired by Hallmark that became what is now known as Hallmark Movies Now, Hallmark's SVOD service delivering their 50-year library of Hallmark Hall of Fame films to to fans. And having had just that little bit of startup experience prior to the transition to Hallmark was also really valuable. I can't think, I can't, there's so many times where I I referenced that time in my life and being a part of that environment Mm -hmm. that influenced how I'm trying to build and run my company now. I'm curious about um, uh, one last thing related to raising capital fundraising uh, in Web3. What kind of questions are you getting? What kind of feedback are you getting? It's obviously a new space, probably seen as higher risk from investors. So just any anecdotes that you can add for our audience. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> any any startup CEO knows what it's like to be on the fundraising trail and, and, and the roadshow. Uh, and, and this is also one of those huge learning curves for me. I think that for those who understand the space, I don't have to do the tech education. I don't have to do the NFT and crypto education, right? There's an immediate understanding. Okay, we see the white space. We see the opportunity. We see, you know, the, your, your company's competitive advantage. But then it comes down to, you know, can you deliver on the promise of the premise, which is, you know, this incredible branded experience. Mm-hmm. And so we feel very confident that we can do that. And then when you talk to, we talk about inv- more traditional investors that maybe aren't as tech savvy, then there's the whole educational piece about it, right? Because these are a lot of traditional media content and consumer product companies who don't necessarily have a, if they have a digital strategy, you know, you know NFTs and like that's all not even, they're not even there yet, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the big learning curve mm-hmm. and kind of bringing people along to understand that maybe not everything that, that you hear in the headlines, you know, is is totally true, that it's this scary, volatile, risky place. I mean, there's aspects of that, which you've definitely covered in with in other interviews on podcasts, but I think that there is a way to to also um, create some control in a decentralized environment, especially when it comes to our kids and families. Mm-hmm. Very cool. This has been such an interesting conversation. I'm so glad you were able to come. It was lovely to meet you, Iris. Before we go, um, can you please tell our audience where they can find you and where they can find more about what you're working on? Yeah. So we're, like I mentioned, we're a startup in stealth mode. So we'll be we'll be making <laughs> some big announcements next month. So you can be looking out for those. Maybe we can even uh, share that announcement here on from the blockchain. Um, but otherwise, uh, well, I don't know if it's really worth 
noticing. I'm also a, a podcaster, yes. but it's a, it's, a, it's a different aspect of me. I'm, I do movie discussions and reviews with my older brother, and that's called Or Whatever Movies, but I'm not here talking about that today. It's fun, though. Fun little, fun little edition. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you can find that. You can find a lot more about that out there right now until we go live. Okay, very cool. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Danielle, awesome. This has been a great day. Yeah. Iris, it's lovely to meet you. Everyone, we will be back again soon from the blockchain. Thank you for joining us on From the Blockchain. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions about today's episode, please send us a message so we can answer it. If you want to learn more about Fame Lady Squad or how you can get involved with NFTs, please visit our website or join our growing community on Discord. We genuinely believe we couldn't do the things that we do without the support of our community and listeners like you. So thank you so much. We'll see you again soon.